0: Welcome to the Lion's Main Podcast, episode 40. Today we are joined by Coach Erskine Baker. He is currently in Essen, Germany, and we're going to talk about sprinting. Energy systems, how to get fast, what keeps you slow, how to develop speed over the year and over years, the German leagues, women's football, and a bunch of other things, including who we're learning from, how coaches can develop, how coaches can network, and the fact that there are no freaking secrets in this industry. It just takes time and energy. So... I really enjoyed this episode. I know you will too. Let's get it poppin'. All right, folks, we are warmed up and ready to sprint today with Coach Erskine Baker. I'm so excited that you're here. Thank you so much for coming. Please tell the people who you are live from Essen, Germany.
1: Okay, I'm Erskine Baker. I'm originally from Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, I've been in Germany for a few years now. Uh, I'm a former athlete, former track coach, former American football coach, uh, have a vast amount of experience, uh, but I'm also still learning because you never stop learning in uh, speed, uh, speed training. Um, yeah, so I- I've been here a few years i coach several soccer teams i coach uh sgs um i also and they are the the women's team and i also coach the u17 team and the u20 team and i also have another team and sc felbert Mm -hmm. and they are the u14 And, uh, yeah, and I also work at Fusion 5, and so uh, I train Mm -hmm. private clients there also.
0: Dope. And you have a field hockey team as well, don't you? Oh, yeah, I forget. You're everywhere
1: over the board. (laughs) Yeah, I also have a a field hockey team in Mülheim, and they have won the Bundesliga championship the past two years.
0: And what do we learn from that? It's that speed kills and it wins titles. Yes, <laughs> it
2: does. It sure does.
0: It gets you all the way back to the German championship for the first time in I don't know how long. Congratulations on that really good second-place win with your ladies, with your midos.
2: Oh, okay, okay.
0: <laughs> we – um, just for references for the, the listeners, Coach and I have a good time uh, Instagramming each other, Instagram messaging each other back and forth when our teams play in the Bundesliga <laughs> – saying, uh, good luck, coach. The girls are looking sharp today, blah, blah, blah. So I love catching your girls live on TV when I can. Um, but, yeah, that German championship was – the Pokaya game was a very – a close one, I had hope.
1: Yeah, we almost pulled it off. Um, yeah, so, that, I mean, it, it – um, So girls close. Did a lot of work. They, they put in a lot of work, and they really uh, developed. Every girl developed and, and it, it was performance time. And so they performed at a high level. That's as a speed trainer, I wanna always uh, give my coaches the fastest, most athletic athletes that they can work their magic with. So that was one of the pinnacles. We, we got those girls to their top performance and they performed well. We just came in on the short end of the stick.
0: They performed well against one of the best teams in the world, arguably, and uh, it was incredible to see. They turned their performance, cranked it all the way up. So let's talk about that more specifically. I remember you saying that night that you see Essen as a development team for the Bundesliga, which is true in many ways. You guys develop young athletes, bring them up through experience, and then oftentimes they will transfer to a bigger club with a bigger contract or they get a national team call-up and boom, they're overseas. So can you tell me about developing the capacity of an athlete when it comes to speed? How does that look over
1: the long term? Over long, long term, uh, it depends on the athlete. Uh, the basis of my program mainly is uh, I want to teach my athletes to be the, the best sprinters that they can be with good sprint mechanics. Mm. Uh, we're always trying to get them to their best, not necessarily the best of what they see other people uh, running. And, and if, if those people are more athletic, we have to build them individually to, to their best.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And it, it starts with a good base. So And that base usually generally starts in the off season. And so I like to start with um, aerobic runs.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, we're going to build up our aerobic capacity and and open up the capillaries to bring in more blood, more oxygen, so they can deal with the stress of uh, of lactic acid. And it, it it just makes everything. It builds everything. It gives you a really good a really good base mm-hmm. for your training to training phase. So yeah, we, we start out with base runs, uh, yeah. Progressive runs. Uh, yeah. fart leg, uh, the German, German, uh, soccer loves the VO two max runs.
2: Oh yeah. They do.
1: Yeah, yeah, we <laughs> yeah, go, maybe. yeah. We start off with that and just build to build that real good base. But then, um, during this phase i have to identify certain athletes if it's an athlete that i think that is um yeah if they're slow and you know that they're slow and they need help with their uh sprint mechanics and and yeah they they're just not a they're a low performer that's that's what it is if you find find them then Sometimes I'll cut back on the base runs and the progressive runs, and then I'll start working with acceleration with them. Not going full throttle yet, but going doing some technical acceleration drills, uh, wall drills. uh, uh, Are you familiar with those? Mm -hmm. Wall drills, doing technical things, uh, really uh, making, working with their arms, if all my athletes know that I'm always talking about arms. Yep. Because your arms, they control your tempo, range of motion, uh turnover, okay. stride length, they control everything. Yep. And in and, and soccer, it's uh, anaerobic, you're in an anaerobic phase, so the arms are gonna move the same as the legs. Mm-hmm. So I really, I really wanna scale back and work on that with them. And I want them to, to maybe we're not going for a throttle yet, but we're gonna do, we have to do acceleration because if you target these athletes and they're already slow, they're not gonna get faster just by doing those slow runs. So, So you gotta start hitting a little bit of acceleration and speed a little bit earlier with them because they're
0: hitting that gas pedal a little bit. Exactly. Tap tap.
1: Exactly.
2: And
1: and and then then sometimes you'll have a group of people, a group of your 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 team they're ready to go. They they really need you have some some girls that need to work on their sprint battery. And 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 that aerobic phase, that is like really important. Most of my soccer players they that's why I can scale back and work acceleration because they really um you can almost play yourself into shape with soccer totally that's <laughs> so
2: true but you can't go
1: back and get that speed later yeah. you 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 it's hard it's tough to get it later you gotta you gotta develop and build it up, and so yeah, so I like to um scale back. And just and just work on their acceleration
0: um, can you tell um don't mean to interrupt you but can you tell the athletes who have done track and field before or leichtathletik athletic as we would say in, in german can you tell the athletes who have done Leichtathletik athletic before
1: when i see them running yeah yes i can because yeah. um they they naturally have really good arm movement and like and they'll have because fast people have different speeds Uh, and they can um, control
0: which speed they're in as well exactly
1: exactly and and i'm not like like putting down soccer players but most of them have three speeds it's either walk jog or fast and (laughs) the the thing about that the thing about when you the thing the reason why soccer players need speed training is is that you have to get in you can't have three speeds and be fast so you have to go in and manipulate your nervous system and do different runs like change of pace runs uh different tempo runs um uh, change over runs which is turnover runs and 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 that's one of the keys one, one of the, the the keys for me with my training also is the transitional phase mm-hmm. and that phase is Between acceleration and their top speed, soccer players have to hit it now. It's got to be now, and -hmm. you can teach this skill because it is a skill. You Mm -hmm. can you you can teach this. Maybe they're not like uh, crystal Ronaldo. They don't have his speed, but they can increase their their speed, Mm -hmm. their turnover by doing certain certain exercises and training a certain way you just have to put the, you have to put the work in. That sprinting is, it, 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 it's almost like reps of, of, of weight training.
0: Boom. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. It's hard to nail down the mechanics once you've had your mechanics change. And you know, just as well as anybody, as soon as you teach somebody how to arm swing, they're going to be like, what is this? <laughs> like, yeah. It's going to mess you up for the first probably week that you're doing it. And then you realize, oh, it clicked now. And then monitoring pace. That's hilarious that you said that. I was consulting a club uh, in Nordrhein Westfalen this year, um, fifth league, I believe. And the the coach said, I had programmed tempo runs 75%. And the coach said, they can't run 75%. It's either 100 or it's nothing. It's like, this is the problem. That's, there's a reason why I asked them to run 75% and not 100%, because I need them to know the difference between 75% and 100% so that we can run faster at 100% and be more efficient at 75%. So why are we sprinting 100 meters? This doesn't make any sense. Oh, repeated sprint ability. There are two different things. This is a tempo run. <laughs> You're trying to gas them out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah
1: yeah i get a lot of that too um like, like i get a lot of athletes like i've worked with some tennis athletes i've worked with um uh, uh tennis and, and and then some some soccer players will say yeah hey hey i just i'm a, a defender mm-hmm. uh, I, I i run this amount uh and then, then a tennis player will say hey I only run about seven meters, and, and this, and then then goalkeepers also say, "Hey, I, I run about about ten at at the most." Yeah. But what they don't understand is, seven meters, ten meters, thirty-five meters can't be the scope of your speed. That can't be it. You're gonna have to train over that to 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 bring bring down everything else because the, the in 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 soccer. I think 70 to 80% of the game is played at sub maximum level. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes, a lot of times in those sub-maximal levels, the game is won there too.
2: Yeah. And,
1: and so good sports posture is very important there and good mechanics. You need to be be having the same good good mechanics at, at 60, 80% as you do at 95%. And, and then a, a lot of, um, Soccer players, I always see it, and, and this is in the Bundesliga too. They play high. They play really high. And unless you're just this exceptional athlete that can generate force from from can can generate force and change directions in this high position, Bye. it's not gonna happen. <laughs> you, you're not gonna be at your optimum. You, you, you're not gonna change direction your 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 fastest. And you're going to get beat sometimes
2: mm-hmm.
1: and and that's like that, that's why I tell people attack your technique
2: mm-hmm. play
1: with technique play with technique and then it's something that's muscle memory if if, if you watch your technique in these sub maximal levels it, it's easier to generate and and and, and 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 have more force in the ground from this good sports specific uh, uh, posture mm-hmm. It's, 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 it's just a, I, I just don't see how people do it. And I can understand that the stresses of the game, yeah, they, 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 they do take the technique away from, from a lot of people, but you want to build your athlete to where they're keeping their, their, their um, sports technique and their sports posture. You, you, that's, that's one of my number one goals. I, that's why when, I, when we finish playing, I look at film, I look at who is high, who is this, who is that? And um, yeah, we're, we're always trying to improve it. it development never stops.
0: Absolutely not <laughs> ever.
1: It never stops. Yeah. yeah.
0: Tell me when you, um, this is a, also a very hot topic, obviously in Germany, the, the difference between endurance running and sprinting. I know you touched on this a little bit, but when do you say, okay, Enough with the endurance. We don't know, need the slow 65% uh, submaximal capacity work or aerobic work. We need speed. What is, what's the difference for you? And when do you say we need one or the other?
1: Okay. Um, see, I have a, 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 a speed triangle and I have a tempo triangle. Mm-hmm. And so all um, season, early season, I'm going to be doing, a, 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 like I told you, a little bit of acceleration, mm-hmm. not a lot. And, and I'm gonna start off with those aerobic runs, mm-hmm. okay? That's gonna be the off-season, okay? I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna concentrate on that. Then after, um, I will probably do that probably about maybe three or four weeks. Mm-hmm. Because as, as a speed trainer, my capacity is speed and so they're also getting this aerobic running with their practice, mm-hmm. so so we're getting that. We're um, taking care of that.
0: Okay, so two important things you said there. One, you can get endurance training or aerobic training in practice, sport-specific yes, practice, you can. right? Yes. And yes, you the can. second is you said three to four weeks. You're doing that in those low-intensity endurance runs because you can improve in that time, or have, do you see improvement in those three to four weeks?
2: Um,
1: what I want to do, we want to uh, improve the aerobic capacity. Mm -hmm. We want um we want to open up those capillaries and bring in more blood more oxygen so when we start running fast because in that phase we're training to train
0: anatomical adaption at its finest yep yeah but people forget that that's so easy to improve with just like a little bit of work i have that feeling that uh sometimes when i'm working with soccer players especially it's like we need 12 weeks to improve my aerobic capacity and that's not the case (laughs) if you're a good trainer you can improve it and and you're working hard as an athlete you can improve it in a very short period of time yeah and and I think
1: like you can I'm more of an advocate of really we're not going our fastest Mm -hmm. but we're working on those acceleration and I during that 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 off season phase. I want to work on some, uh, maximum velocity posture just just working on that, working on the mechanics and things like that. I like to scale back and do that too. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah. I love that as well. I'm a big fan of, uh, maximum velocity training, which for listeners, that's over 25 ish meters. So Mm -hmm. if you're thinking like 40 yard dash, And the research tells us in soccer specifically, we don't get a ton of those runs, but when we do get those runs, they can be very dangerous as far as injuries are concerned, because a lot of times our hamstrings aren't prepared to handle the load of, oh my goodness, I'm about to put six times my body weight on one leg while I'm sprinting and laying it on my hamstring, basically putting this at maximum capacity. Um, And so maximum velocity sprinting is great for the hamstrings, great for the glutes, great for endurance, great for speed, whatever. And so that first step, as you were saying, from the, the transition from acceleration into maximum capacity, even though we don't use max capacity a ton when we're playing, it's really important still that we
1: train that, obviously. Yeah, if I can interrupt you. Um, the, but in that off-season phase, mm-hmm. my my maximum velocity, we are not going past about we're we're totally just working on uh technique um mm-hmm. a lot of technique things i'm uh, uh, doing max max v drills um yeah we're working on that we're not ready to go fast yet not yeah not yet and, and a lot of times you have to hold back your athletes because they're ready to move fast now <laughs> and, cool. and, and you got to build them up and, and they don't understand that a lot of times yeah, okay, and and that, that first phase, that that off-season phase, I'll, I'll, I'm gonna do that during that off-season. And then that latter part of the off-season, then I'm gonna step it up and do intensive tempo.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and, and when I start doing that, the intensive tempo, our goal is really to overload the aerobic system. We, 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 we're still o- overloading that system. But it's about, we want to keep it, we, we're going to go a little higher with the effort. We're going to go about 75%, stay around 75, 65% around that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And you can, an example, you can do like um, 10 times hundred meters at 75% with like, uh, what, 30 second rest between them. Mm-hmm. That's, that's not your maximum velocity, but we are overloading that, that, that system. Yep. So and we're working on our sprint mechanics, making sure they have good good sprint mechanics because like I said, sprinting is a skill. And and and, and we're working on that and we're also working on that energy system at the same time. So mm-hmm. so that is that that is in a perfect world, usually that that's how it works.
0: <laughs> so never
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: sports <laughs> being a perfect world. Hmm. <laughs>
1: Yeah, but then but then when you have injuries it's kind of like yeah you have an athlete that has an injury then they kind of gotta they gotta go back down mm-hmm. and then you gotta work your way back up it, it's sort of like sharpening a stick with a knife you, you like have, have have a knife and you sharpen that stick and then the point breaks boom you got a little injury. then yeah. then you the sharpen it again yeah so it's just, and that's sports. Sometimes you have injuries, and you have to go back down.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, that—that's. I hate injuries. I hate soft tissue injuries. So I'm always. I don't want soft tissue injuries for my athletes. I don't want my athletes hurt. I want them to improve.
0: I generally I, feel like soft tissue issues, uh, injuries are my fault for the most part as well as the coach. So
1: I, I, I do too, and and sometimes man, I feel, I feel like I lost my girlfriend when one of my athletes right like man i'm so sorry (laughs) yeah and that's just like 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 you gotta crunch your numbers too to make sure they're and 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 that's like when you work with a team that's where your physios that's where your your doctor that's that's where the 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 functional movement guy Mm
2: -hmm. or
1: or the coach that's when we, we say hey 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 the workload is a little heavy yeah. yeah, let's back yeah. off. Let's yeah. back. It's okay to back off sometimes. It, it, it's okay. Sometimes you have to to change your program. Mm-hmm. Like I've I've come in and 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 Marcus, my my my, my coach will say, they uh, they had two games. They they've had two games. They're they're fried. And then we're going to load the nervous system. We're going to work on the nervous system. Do do fast things under seven seconds. Mm-hmm. uh throw in some neurological um uh, movement drills and uh yeah just work on anticipation reaction recognition things like that and with color codes to get them fast thinking and fast moving but you're not uh building up lactic acid.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know and sometimes I have to I have something scheduled and he says hey and that's that that's the hat that I wear. I have to change it up. Yeah.
0: So flexibility is the coach's best friend. Yeah. Yeah. yeah can we talk a little bit about uh, as you mentioned that with overloading, load management is super important. Can you talk about speed and the role of sprinting in return to play from injuries? I know you work at Fusion Five and you mentioned that. So I'm sure you've done your, your share of returning to play or returning an athlete to, to play via sprinting.
1: Yeah, with Fusion Five, I have a different hat. So okay. I have, um, we have really excellent physios at, at Fusion Five. So they'll update me on where they are, uh, how much they think they can go. Um, I get a lot of information from from uh, our physios. Okay. And
0: um, that's great to have because not everybody gets that. <laughs>
1: we're hey we're all on the same page and then once i get that information then i know exactly what to do if they have for instance uh have a hip maybe a a little bit of a a hip flexor problem then i'm going to do some acceleration stuff from ground up Mm -hmm. i'm not going to have them them flipping that hip and turning it and and torquing it we're going to work our way into that and 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 i and definitely when you're working with them if they have that hip flexor problem, you want to make sure that's make sure it's activated and 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 mobilized and ready to go before you do anything uh, with them but
0: uh, not spreading them cold
1: <laughs> no, no no not at all um yeah just just keeping them yeah if they have like an ankle injury um like I, I have my five phases of acceleration, like I'll start them out, I'll, I'll see if they can do, um, I'll, I'll usually start them out with the technical acceleration, which uh, we'll, we'll do wall drills. So um, just a drill where, where they can support themselves a little bit more and not put weight on that injury and not use it as much. And if they need that, that wall or something uh, something to stabilize themselves they they have it there so I will start with a lot of technical acceleration drills and we'll do that for for three or four sessions and we'll see where they are Uh, the athletes at Fusion 5 improve pretty rap that they improve pretty fast Mm -hmm. Then we'll go into some um, pattern acceleration Um, I'll, I'll start doing that And that's just um, pattern acceleration. It can be, um, uh, you're just working on the motor, the motor patterns. Just letting them get the rhythm back for running and things like that. Would that be
0: like strides per second counting? Or what do you do? Yeah, uh,
1: um, pattern accelerations are like uh, hot feed drills, uh, speed ladder, letting them do things like that, quick, quick stuff like that. But if you see that they're still favoring that, that injury, you may have to scale back and go single leg acceleration. And, and maybe they need to build maybe normally with a, an ankle, you want them to get the stability Mm -hmm. back into it and to work and and work strength. Yeah. So, So I'll isolate that injury and we'll put, Put enough weight on there to where they're getting getting um, um, to where they're working it uh, you can do uh, box knee drives and things like that and work on those things that way you're working on a, a single side because uh, you have a, a lot of times sometimes um, pattern you can do pattern acceleration and have an injury and your body will balance itself out it'll have a biometrical balance but in reality, once you finish that phase and you're doing speed training, um, right. yeah, yeah, we're trying to uh, do neurological
2: recruitment.
1: So mm-hmm. because of the signal, because of that injury, you're not getting that, that, that signal is not going there. And so you're not recruiting the same muscles if you're not working that side, because mm-hmm. if you used use both feet then your body is balancing itself out for that hurt side. Yeah. It's, yeah, so so you have to, yeah, and I like to coordinate with the physio with that normally too. Well,
0: disciplinary teams are vital though in return to play, so it's good that you're doing that anyway. But it sounds like you're always loading the tissues but it depends on how much they can take. So for anybody who doesn't know, a wall drill is literally standing next to a wall and either you have your arms outstretched and you're using that to hold your weight while you execute a drill. A lot of times form uh, drills or beside it. I know you do a lot of um, acceleration technique and arm swing movement and uh, speed of leg and stride with um, standing next to the wall, for example. And so we're starting with the basics, (laughs) loading it and then working our way up to fast feet, and then single side loading if necessary. Did I get that right?
1: Yeah. yeah that's and if they have a um, like a, a, a major injury that requires them to take some time out, like two or three weeks, um, you can have them sit down. Be, because if they're an elite athlete, you still <laughs> need to be working those energy systems. And I have a host of arm drills that you can do, and you will, and you will feel it. Yeah. So oh, yeah. you need to still be working that. You 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 can't just get on that bike and just do that stationary bike and just do aerobics all the time because when you get back on the pitch and you start moving, you're gonna feel nasty.
0: Yeah, you're gonna get rocked. <laughs> That's what's gonna happen. You just so, rehabbed last year, was it last year, I believe, a goalkeeper who had a serious ankle injury um, as well, right? So how do, you, how do you keep somebody's speed up or get somebody back to speed who's had a serious injury like that where it totally blasts their nervous system for a long period of time and requires rehab?
1: Yeah, th- th- that's what I'm going to do. I'm, um, when I have an athlete that has a very serious injury, there's not – the the first thing is, and I, I found this to really help things move fast. Mm-hmm. You have to explain to them what you're doing. Hey, we are going to work on your fast twitch muscles. Mm-hmm. We're going to work on uh, because fast, fast nerves, fast muscle fibers. Right now, you can't use that. Use your ankle but we can work on soft skills. We can work on drills where you're sitting down, anticipation, uh, recognition, reaction, those things, catching tennis balls, one leg, stability catches, things like that. You can do all kinds of things, but they need to be thinking fast and also moving. You can't just, and if you can get them to buy into it and be like, yeah, this is really working. I feel good. I feel good. That's half the battle. Yeah. Now they're doing it themselves. Yeah, exactly. When you have someone that's not sure of what they're doing, because I, I, I played American football at a very high level. I've been hurt and I've been in a situation where I didn't trust. Mm-hmm. And, and it's not a good situation to be in when you're trying to rehab and come back. Um yeah, I I pulled my hamstring. I, I had a, I think it was the Atlanta, I had a, a workout with the Atlanta Falcons. The, yeah. And I could not go because my 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 hamstring, I was having a lot of soft tissue injuries. And um the guy kept telling me he 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 was saying, hey, that is um that scar tissue you're, oh, man. you're not <laughs> pulling go ahead and hit it man hit it hit it or you're gonna be here like a still baby in that thing in two more months and i didn't i was babying it because i didn't trust him because i thought i was gonna pull it again and he kept telling me it's scar tissue and then like it's two months and and the nfl is in training camp and i don't have a team and i'm just like wow and then i decide to go out and and i'm like shoot I, i might as well run now I'm have a team, I gotta stay in shape. And then I was running and I heard something say, Pah! Man. and it no, the the scar tissue popped. Yeah, the, the scar Yeah, but enough tissue to gone. make you panic and, for a second, probably. Yeah, for a second. <laughs> then I'm like, oh man, it's gone. That attention is gone. And it was scar tissue. That's all it was. And 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 like some injuries, you can't bathe them, but you can't overdo it either. You, mm. You have to find that, 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 that thresh point where you are yeah, yet yeah, at medium to, yeah.
0: It takes a good coach athlete relationship though, to figure out where that medium middle point is.
1: <laughs> and, and, and that's what, and from that experience, that's where I try to, to when, when my athletes are hurt, I'm like, I'm kind of like, I'm hurting too. I, I, I want to get you, cause that's one of my things. I want to get them back. And a hundred percent and perform and, and, and 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 doing their thing so i'm always trying to do that so so that's the main thing that i do i want to talk with them and tell them what we're doing why we're doing it we're recruiting your your uh your 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 muscle fibers and and most of the athletes will understand it and then i tell them hey we're recruiting those muscle fibers and then we're going to keep doing these exercises and until we can get those uh, um the 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 uh, neurological um, application to to where your your uh, muscles are they just know what to do yeah That's what we we're trying to do so education first yes. yeah. education first when it's a major major injury like that yeah because she that that was a major injury for her
0: that was a crazy injury too I'm glad she's back it's good and
1: and she's the she's the starter.
0: Yeah. yeah yeah she came back and proved that it was worth it that she made the most of the time that's for sure
1: and and she is a hard worker she is a hard worker, she's a grinder, so she uh, she's de- she has that drive she has it she yeah. um, that's not all athletes have that, but she had she has that yet she has drive like even though she's a goalie, she still wants to do speed training with me she does uh, once a week with me.
0: That's dope And Fusion Five. Uh, yeah. That's great. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I have uh. Injury comeback stories for me are kind of my favorite because I feel like when you have that good coach-athlete relationship, the comeback can be so incredible because they come out back actually better than they were before and they can prove to themselves, hey, I made the most of this time and not just I came back to the same level, but I came back better and I know what I'm doing and I trust my coach and I know how to train and I trust my body. So that's a win in your book.
1: (laughs) Yeah, But I, I like keeping my athletes healthy. I, yeah man. I, I love Hot it priority. It's healthy and and just yeah that's it. hey, you can't beat that,
0: nah, and it's the best feeling to see them succeed as well. Yeah, that's it, the icing on is. the cake
1: it really is
0: so I had a question from a listener. What soccer positions sprint the most, and which ones need the most speed? What's your experience
1: with that? My experience with that is that all of them need speed. <laughs> True that, even the keepers. Yeah, even the keepers. Cause like, as I go back to where we're always trying to teach athletes to be good sprinters with the best uh, uh, sprint posture. That's 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 the number one goal. Um, yeah. Per per game, sprinters. I, I think the defenders have usually about nineteen sprints from ten to to ten to twenty five meters. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the the forwards they sprint about twenty five sprints a game,
2: mm-hmm. and
1: then the the midfielders are usually they sprint the most. Yeah, yeah. they sprint about 30 times a, a game. But the, the thing about, one thing about my training is that if you look at the statistics, and I've looked at a lot of statistics of soccer players sprinting, uh, that first half, they're really high. They're, mm-hmm. they're, their rate of speed is high. And that second half is, is significantly uh, lower. Yeah, it's slower. So
2: Yeah. <laughs>
1: And, and, and so that's the difference between, like, I think you asked the question about
2: about endurance. You mm-hmm.
1: you have these two things. It's called sprint endurance.
2: Mm-hmm. And endurance
1: is being able to keep your effort or 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 your runs around around your eighty five to a hundred percent. So it's going to be between all the runs need to be between there. And if they fall, if, if your runs are falling under your 85%, you have bad speed endurance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if, if you're falling apart and your your technique is falling apart and everything, that's bad. But then you have sprint endurance. Sprint endurance is being able to sprint at your full speed and not having that a uh, uh, huge drop-off. Like <laughs> you might have an 8% drop-off from your 100 each sprint. And there are some athletes, there are some women athletes in the Bundesliga that they don't have a drop-off. And I have seen some of them, a lot of them. Yeah, they don't have a drop-off. Um, uh, like a, um, a runner, I think Hasim Bolt's drop-off might be
0: 3%. Yeah, it's insane.
1: it's it's, it's really insane but like that the based on your fitness and 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 your um sprint endurance sometimes that drop off can go past eight percent
0: and the biggest part about that though is their capacity to recover
1: very quickly right yes yeah and 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 you that's why um 100 meter sprint, that, that's one of the reasons why Hasim Bolt does not run anymore. He would love to just run the 100, but he does not want to put all that prep work into it that, that, that is called that behind the scenes stuff mm-hmm. that people don't see when you're throwing up. That's when he's running his 400s. That's yeah. when he's running those 300s and he's dying. He yeah. does not want to do that. And, and that's grueling and it's very um, taxing on the body. And then it's hard to learn, start to get injuries. It's yeah. hard to run at that speed, at those speeds, and not have injuries.
2: Yeah.
1: You really have to have a team behind you, keeping you together.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It, the body is not humanly, it's just not humanly built to keep running that fast.
0: Limits, limits, limits. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. And that's where the speed reserve comes in, though, right? When we talk about speed endurance and sprint endurance, like if your 100% is low, like if you don't have a capacity for speed, then your 85% and your ability to hold that is going to be lower than the other team if the other team is fast. So, yes, you might have good endurance, but your good endurance is at what, 55, 65%? Whereas your speed endurance, at 85% keeps dropping and now we're at 75% <laughs>
1: and now we're at yeah, 65%. That, and that is not good. That that no. is not a good um, that's not a fit team. Uh okay. shouldn't have um you want to keep everyone around there 85%. That's that that is really important. Um if they're dropping past that, that is a definite problem.
0: Yeah. yeah. And how would you correct that problem?
1: Uh we're gonna run. <laughs> that's the best answer there is. Yeah, I, 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 I'm gonna build up their um, I'm gonna build up their their speed reserve. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna build that up, but but that's like um, but but one of my teams will never go do that because we're gonna build that base at mm-hmm. the beginning. so so when we build that base, and when, for instance, there's a a problem, we don't go all the way back down, but we can start in the middle right here. And we, we take from there because like, a, um, I pretty much program all my soccer teams the same. Um, I program them like, because they actually have to peak two times during the year. Yeah. So I can't have them um, peaking and you you sort of have to peek, you sort of have to program them like a like a track and field team. Like they're doing indoor um indoor track and field and outdoors track and field. Okay. The elite athletes are gonna dominate the indoor track and field and then go outdoors and dominate. Everyone else is gonna use that. As we're training to train, mm-hmm. then we go to training to perform. Mm-hmm. So, so right now SGS actually is we're not peaking right now because you just can't have them peaking. They can't the peak whole, all the whole. They can't peak the whole time. You have to go down, and you need to stay within that eighty-five to that hundred percent. So right now we're probably about to where we can be we're like about 80 87 right now like you have some individual girls that are just fast
2: yeah
1: but that's not how i um that's not really how i build my program i'm always going to build it from the from from the middle
2: Mm
1: -hmm. i'm going to always get the average of everything uh when we do sprints, when I'm doing it, and, and also you have to time. Mm-hmm. So You oh, have yeah. to have a, a measuring stick where you are. You have to know, you have to what, know what your baseline is. What our baseline, and I want to get our team baseline. So what I'll do is uh, we're going to time everybody and we're going to throw out the top two, throw out the bottom two. Mm-hmm. And that is who we are.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That, that That's our team right there. Cause everybody's going to have, have a, two or three fast ones, two or three really slow ones. Exactly. So, so that's how you, I, I build my team from the middle from, from, yeah, everything, everything is geared towards them because you can get the high performers, you can reach them, we can move up to them, but then we don't get too high to where those, those, those low performers, the, the people that at low, they lose motivation.
0: Yeah, I get left behind. Exactly. And
1: and that's it. a trainer's only good as your 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 lowest uh, athlete. That's just somebody told me that a long time ago, and I believe it now. You are it's only so true, though. Good. Yeah. Yeah, you can't be saying, Man, that kid is sorry. No, you gotta do this right here and point that thumb right back at yourself. Yeah. Yeah, you're only as good as your last athlete.
0: Yep, that's why we wanna. The rising tide raises all ships, right? So get all of the athletes better, raise all of their baseline, get the averages up. The way I always explain it to athletes is if we come in at the bottom tier, and that's our average, we want to raise everybody's baseline multiple different times throughout the season. So our baseline is higher now, and our 85% is of capacity is better than it was last season. And then when we need to, that peak point isn't too far away. Okay, so we got a Spiel. Uh, We got a championship. We got this, that, or the other thing. We're going to play the best team in the league, whatever. Boom, we bump up to 90. Boom, 100, back down. But you cannot stay peaked for 52 weeks a year, especially not in the Bundesliga where we play almost year-round anyway, which is, of course, why we have an intense number of injuries, excessive if I do say so myself. You look at other leagues in the world and it's like – you guys, why do we train like this in the Bundesliga? Why is this a Germany-specific problem? <laughs> because you can't be at 100% performance for 22 to 28 speed no a target in the year.
1: But what I like to do is when, when I have a, a group that I've been working with, like SGS, mm-hmm. like, like um, this year we had to start over because we lost like uh, – You lost like six players, didn't you? We lost ten lost 10 so i'm basically we basically started back over so but next year remember i told you about that that i'm always looking for that average yeah we're gonna we're gonna pick that average up next year
0: yeah and every single year
1: every single year that average is gonna come up and then and then that's when our 85% 85% looks faster than everybody else is 100%. Yeah,
0: that's when things happen, like last season where you make the Pokal yeah. Finale and it's like, everybody's like, how do they do that? Oh, well, their performance is at 85% is, uh, you know, yeah. FFT Frankfurt's 100% right now, so.
1: And I was like, when, when I sat back and watched that game again, just seeing them perform and seeing the the um, their Performance angles, the the angles they were taking when they changed directions, they were dropping their hips and things like that, and Cutting moving like, their pros. Arms like pros. Arms mm-hmm. were moving, and and that's when that muscle memory kicks in, and uh, all, all those times of saying arms, 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 <laughs> it, yeah. it just that they, they just did it, man, and and that that was a great feeling seeing that. It really was. It's an incredible feeling. <laughs> yeah. I have a. One
0: player as well who is doing exceptionally well at the moment and seeing her perform like a pro and all of those cues that she used to be like, oh, my God, if you say that one more time, I'm leaving. And now she's incredible and does it automatically and I don't have to say it and just watching
1: her glow is amazing.
2: Yeah. And, and, and,
0: and stay and, uninjured.
1: <laughs> yeah, that that is really important. But that whole, that whole league has some really good women athletes. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah there sometimes I watch the games and I'm like wow those girls are really moving and and just they they really have great athletes
2: in their Bundesliga. league
0: me too and then it makes me sit back and say wow I really wish you had a really good strength or speed coach because you could really make it somewhere yeah. <laughs> it's too bad all of that incredible genetics and all of that talent yeah. man <laughs> If that was in the States, you'd be playing D1 college right now, bruh. Full ride scholarship and everything.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: But, yeah, no, we're pretty lucky that we have some pretty incredible athletes in a pretty awesome league and sports that we get to
1: work in. So, I, I, I thoroughly enjoy it. It, it is really – I really enjoy it.
0: Talk to us about secrets. We uh, – you and I talked about this previously off uh, – before we started recording we mentioned that you know in the world of sports science and coaching there's a lot of ideas and there's a lot of methodologies and communication between coaches isn't always great but there's so many benefits of communicating between coaches sharing ideas learning from each other and some people are just like no i'm not gonna tell you my secrets and other people are like there are no secrets so here what's What's the big deal about there being no secrets for you? Why do you live like that?
1: I don't believe in secrets because um the people that well my coaches and my mentors, we always exchange information. Um, I don't care even when I was a a American football coach after the game, I'm like going like, "Hey, man. That, that linebacker was everywhere. Well, I mean, wh- what do you guys do? Why did you play this when we went trips? Why did you do this? And, and then we sit there and rap and we talk. And he said, yeah, we saw this on film, we saw this on film. And then in America, it, it, it's, it, it's a little bit different. The philosophy of, of training and our approach is, it, is a little bit different. We don't mind sharing information. Like, you have a, one of the best college coaches. His name is, uh, well, you know, Dick Saban. Of course. <laughs> Everyone knows him. OK, he will, in the summer, he invites all the coaches to his coaching clinic. He says, hey, come on, we're going to have a good time. We're going to tell you what we do, uh, 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 what we do in the season, how to stop our offense. Uh, 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 which plays work against it and this and that we're just going to have a good old time. And he tells you that with a smile on his face. And then he's looking at you like, and we're still going to kick your butt this season. Mm -hmm. And you go to that clinic and you learn from that guy, man, and you learn everything. And he does kick your butt that season, (laughs) but it annihilates you. (laughs) Yeah. But, but they, but we share information. That's how, like, if we, if you and I watch a seminar, a sports seminar. Hey, you might see uh, you might see M. I might see W. Someone else might see a three. Someone might, might see an E. Mm. And you have different perspectives. And if you don't share information, and you can't grow as a trainer, um, I I think some of the bit when I've like after track and field meets, I've gone to the track coach and said, "What are you guys doing? For all you you your, your? Everybody can run the four hundred meters here. What What are you guys doing? And then he'll tell you. Yeah, we're doing this. We're doing a lot of speed endurance, super five hundreds, and we do those and and everything. The kids love it, and, and and they tell you, and and you exchange information, and and like just yeah, like. And then I had this 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 track and field coach. He. Um, we had a four hundred meter guy, and his times were inconsistent. He was a really good four hundred meter man, and I was like, "Wow, his times fluctuating like this!" And so I was like, "Man, what what is he doing?" And, and then one of the coaches heard me, and said, "Coach, when he's coming off of that 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 third turn, he needs to he needs to tuck his chin, because he has his head all over the place when he's coming off that curve." And that guy didn't have to tell me that. And when he told me that, I was like, wow, that's it. That's where he's losing time. And so I found out from just, hey, just talking. And we, we just exchanged so much information. Yeah, and I'm not going to, I love working here in Germany, but the exchange of information, they are very secretive. And it's like, they don't want to share the information. And we're all doing the same things. Yeah. And it's, uh, yeah, I, I, there's nothing I can do. I I, I would love to talk with, with different coaches about what they do and things like that. But uh, they're not always open.
0: It's true. I um, am extremely blessed to be working with two different soccer federations. Neither of them are Germany. <laughs> at the moment um, for the women's uh, national team departments, let's say, as well as junior national teams and have mentors in, in both of those federation. And it is, it is incredible to be like, hey, I'm German here in Germany, and I work with a lot of German athletes, also German national team players, et cetera, and they're like, well, here's what we've been doing here, and here's what we're testing, and here's what, you know, tracking the cycle over here, and here's like an app you could use, and here's uh, what we've been doing for speed training lately, and it seems to be really helping reduce injuries in this area, and giving me this information like we're not gonna play each other in the World Cup in three years, right? Now mm-hmm. like, we don't care, because. Different athletes, you're a different coach, you're gonna implement it differently. Most likely you won't (laughs) implement it at all um, or you'll implement it wrong. And um, as I was telling you earlier, you and I could have the exact same information come to us and implement it in two separate different ways and get different results because we are different coaches. And that's what it is at the end of the day, nobody's stealing. There's no secret information, it's all out there. It's just a matter of how it's implemented into who and by whom.
1: Yeah, and it's just like, also, uh, sometimes you... you um, I see a lot of videos, um, a lot of seminars, and if I, normally, if I if I do something or take some of the stuff, because yes, I am gonna use some some people's uh, work, because mm-hmm. I see that it's, it's, it can be effective for my athletes. So yeah. yes, I am gonna use it, but I will give you credit. Absolutely. If I, yeah, if if I'm using, um, yeah, like a slingshot method for track and field, I might, in my video, I'm going to put Bud Winters there. That's mm-hmm. an old school guy for you. You've
0: that's even it. done that on Instagram, written me and been like, oh, yeah, this dr- drill is from such and such. Go check out his page or whatever.
1: Yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to give them their, their credit. Um, that's just, that's that that's showing respect and everything Um, and I think that's important because you you can't it's like everything has been done I I saw a a video the other day and this guy was like yeah I have a new drill that I came up with and I'm like dude the the 1977 uh, Pittsburgh Steelers were doing that years ago
0: They'd like it, their drill back <laughs> it,
1: it, that, that, that's not new i mean there's it, so many things that that yeah they, they're not new and when you don't um give credit it, it, it's like you're not respecting the past because because of the past we have the future mm-hmm. so, so you have to uh give those guys their their credit there are so many people um like i i with the, the arms thing i I just there's this track runner, his name is carl Lewis. his his track coach was a guy named Tom tellis
2: mm-hmm.
1: and Tom Tellis believed in arms he, yeah. he he believed in those arms, and then I looked at his seminars, I read his book
2: mm-hmm.
1: and it just made sense to me, and that that guy and everything i do i I said man, I did this is kind of the kind of one of the foundations of my 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 speed training arms yep. so I'm going to give this guy's credit
0: absolutely I think it's important for us though as coaches to be able to name who we learned philosophy from and continue asking questions as well and developing it I feel like people just stop after a while from a coach's perspective well I, I got it my athletes are good like I don't have to learn anything else
1: no you can never stop learning. You,
0: I tell you're dead. <laughs> you dead you got to keep going
1: I I try to find someone to learn I, I, in, about every four months. I'll take somebody and I'm just going to learn from, there was a guy that I just started uh, following and learning from him and looking at seminars. Um, God, what is that guy's name? Jonas Dodo.
0: Yep. Eat, sleep, train. I love that guy.
1: <laughs> is Man, that guy is good. man. He is brilliant.
0: Yeah. Yes.
1: He is excellent. He explains it in layman terms. He just-
0: But he, his sprinters are fucking
1: fast. Like yes, he does are. not play around. Yes, they are. That guy is, is really good, but but a lot, uh, I think his basis, a lot of his, he learned from, I forgot.
0: Dan Pfaff as well, he's learned from, and yes. Charlie Francis had some influence before too. Yeah, Charlie Francis,
1: that, that was um, Ben, you remember Ben Johnson? Of course. Yeah. yeah charlie francis is like the father of functional movement he, yeah he, he's the he, he's the starter of that He was
0: life. also the starter of basic load management principles for the nervous system as well
1: yeah he he was really good
0: yeah and highs and lows high high day low day programming and uh, slow fast tempo running as well yeah yeah charlie francis knew what he was talking about but jonas is really good
1: yeah, he he's good and um what's the other guy uh I I, I love Clyde Hart mm-hmm. you you know Clyde Hart yeah Clyde Hart from Baylor that's Michael the Michael Johnson's uh, trainer
0: yeah
1: he uh the golden shoes uh Michael Johnson yeah um I learned a lot from him and and looked at a lot of his his things but with him i i really wanted to, not to necessarily look at his program i really got interested in his techniques for coaching mm-hmm. how he motivates because how i mean to get somebody to run i, I ran 400 meters and to get somebody to run and die like that every day doing those practices yep. you have to be one heck of a motivator and so yeah. I really wanted to know what he does to get these people to, um, I, I, I know he doesn't threaten them all the time. So, I mean, if they're in college, you can threaten to take someone's scholarship, but... Um, doesn't last for too long. Yeah. Everyone performs, he has high performers all around him. Everything he touches, his his, his program is it, just excellent. It turns to gold. Yeah, it turns to gold. And, um, you might want to check out that guy, Bud Winters. Bud Winters. Bud Winters is, uh, that is the father of modern day track and field. He is the, he's the guru. He's the guy that started Jamaican sprinting because mm-hmm. he he coached at San Jose during uh, all those guys that won the 1968 Olympics were on his team. And and those guys went back to Jamaica and took that and took took his style of training to Jamaica.
0: Isn't this relax and win? Yes. Oh yeah.
1: Yes. Yeah,
0: Yeah. he has a ton of Olympic uh, sprinters
1: as well. Everything he touches is gold.
0: Yeah, world championship sprinters as well. Someone has a track
1: record like that, I'm gonna look at what they're doing. Yeah.
0: Oh yeah. The results speak for the coach. That means the coaches uh, need to talk less. and let their, let their athletes yes. do the work. Yes. Coach, thank you so much for sharing your mind philosophy techniques. I know this will be really helpful cause I have a lot of athletes right now who are stuck in quarantine, don't have access to their coaches or, you know, training is a little whacked out. They can't do it every day because this, that, and the other reason. So I know this will help to know you don't have to do long runs, get fast, use your arms and start reading. Because there's no secrets, you will find the answers somewhere
1: out there. <laughs> and um, thank you for having me. Um, I'm glad I made it through. I'm a bit under the weather today. I, I like my sinuses are killing me today. <laughs> and, uh, but but I really enjoyed this. I really enjoyed it. And I hope that you'll have me back soon.
0: I hope that we can meet up in person soon because it's about damn time. <laughs>
1: yeah, I, I would love to do that. I really would love to collab
2: with you and 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 work with you and yeah, that would be excellent.